0: Every year, we set out to accomplish something new or maybe something we didn't achieve in the previous year. But in the second and third months of each brand new year, we typically abandon those efforts, either because they seem impossible and we reach too far in our delusional state, or we forget about them because of the day-to-day chaos that is amongst us. If you want to improve your life, you need to follow up on those mental promises that you made and also create a solid plan and action steps moving forward. And that's what we're gonna discuss in this episode. So let's get started. Hi, my name is Kirby Ingles, and you're listening to the True Success Podcast. My goal is to help you find true success by helping you live a rich and satisfying life, a life of happiness and meaning, and becoming a pillar of your community. This podcast is designed to inspire you to write a new narrative, revolutionize the way we live, and create a ripple effect that resonates with future generations. Where do you want to be in 12 months? Visualize yourself 365 days from today. Some want to be debt free. Others want to drop some weight, work on their marriage, spend more time with kids, learn a language, write a book, Maybe even read the Bible. What if I said that you can do all of this and more? Your life is broken into different segments, just like a piece of pie that's been sliced that you can measure to see where you need to improve. Some of these areas include health and wellness, spirituality, intellect, relationships, profession, finances, and a vocation. These are key to becoming the best version of yourself. The first thing you need to do is rank each area of your life from 0 to 10. And once you've done this, you can easily see where you need to improve by deliberately directing time and effort. These areas can spill over and affect each other. While you lack energy and endurance at work, This could be primarily due to you binging on the kids' Halloween candy and leftover Thanksgiving bird while possibly skipping the hot chocolate 5K this year. Maybe maybe not having any hobbies except your spouse is a part of the problem. While working on these areas might seem like an exhausting list, in the moments to come, I'll show you how to reduce your anxiety and create a plan to bring change that is desired. Most people carry around mental limitations that dictate what they can and can't achieve. And one of these is false assumptions that people are always making about the world and themselves. Assumptions are often wrong and create obstacles blocking forward progress. These assumptions are thoughts like, I'm not the creative type. I don't have a face for video. I don't have a voice for radio. Or even my favorite, how much a succeeding president has over the individual choices and lives of the people. Your spouse or your boss probably has more pull over you than the president of the United States. Most of these statements or thoughts are self-inflicted and are not based on facts, but fear or doubt. These thoughts become physical limitations as well. Remember that cliche saying, if you think you can, you can, and if you can't, you won't? How about that childhood lesson? The little engine that could, I think I can, I think I can, I think I can. Sorry to be so elementary here, but it is that simple. At one time, people didn't think women could run marathons. Pilots could break the sound barrier or even walk on the moon. However, someone is always doing something that seems unachievable. Sometimes, for decades, when a wall falls, dozens of other people can now achieve the same thing because the mental limitation has been dismantled by another person. The narrative we once created in our minds now has to be rewritten. By reframing the negative or self-limiting thought with facts and optimism, you can overcome challenges and even put a dent in the world. Imagine the 13 colonies with many ragtag militiamen going up against the greatest superpower the world has ever seen since the Roman Empire, and for that matter, who would have thought barbarian tribes would sack the city of Rome at its height? Replace your current limiting thoughts with an alternative perspective and pummel those, limit, those mental limitations into submission. Can you recall when someone said that you didn't have what it took or you weren't good enough? Maybe you failed at something this year, or maybe even last month, or last week, or yesterday, or maybe today. Past experiences don't have to continue to eat away at you and block you from moving forward. Your experiences affect your confidence. A rope coiled on a dusty trail may trigger a frightened person to jump who recently just stepped on a snake. A one-time experience can shape perceptions afterwards. Your past failures can be flipped into useful advice. There is a lesson to be understood in an application from each experience. And when you are deliberate about what these are and trying to understand them, you start winning. It is important to set weekly targets for yourself, but critical to establishing quarterly goals that you can attain. The targets that you set are often unrealistic. It is the most successful in the world that attempted it. They would probably fail too. When you establish goals so easy, it's cherry picking, you lose your motivation to pursue them. To maintain your enthusiasm towards your targets that are within your potential, but just outside of your reach, requires a reasonable effort. So what do I mean by this outside your reach, but within your potential? You have the potential, but do not possess the knowledge, skill, or behavior to reach this desire. To establish the right realistic reach goals, you need to find the discomfort zone. Maybe you want to become the CEO of a Fortune 500 company. But this is really unreasonable for a student fresh out of college or a first-time manager. Furthermore, it's an overly ambitious goal that could stop you from even getting started. The task for many seems too daunting. But if you set your sights too low, like cherry picking, maybe becoming an employee of the month within the next six months, that's quite a big window with lots of time to get there. You're not really pushing yourself. You have to find a happy medium, which is the discomfort zone. It's halfway between the delusional zone and the comfort zone. Establishing realistic reach goals might be to become an employee of the month in the next three months or become an employee of the year thereafter. This is just an example. But others like top performer, leadership, safety, sales, or even a promotion are likely better targets. When you set targets, don't be delusional. You can push yourself beyond the discomfort zone and enter another area where you are overburdening your ability to grow. Much like an athlete gets an overuse injury from running or training too much. If you overreach too often, you will establish a culture of failure where it eventually becomes excusable, accepted and expected. People become focused on numbers. It will cost resources it affects your bottom line. And then you will put that target even further out of reach. All this can be avoided by establishing realistic reach goals. Many people will attempt to read the Bible in a year as I mentioned earlier. It's nearly a million words and that can be a colossal task. So to make it more realistic, you might break it down into 20 minute readings each day. And when you break down large goals into quarterly goals and even weekly targets, wins and rewards come more often and you begin to build momentum. You become more enthusiastic and hungry for more. Human beings are addicts, especially with technology. Don't believe me? How often did you pick up your phone today? Or yesterday, if it's first thing this morning? Apple iPhone can reveal your truth. Every ding, like, share, and comment or notification increases your desires for more. Your brain is trained to follow the carrot on a stick methodology. We chase rewards. There are intrinsic motivation in our lives and perfect ways to help start new habits and routines. However, you can tap into the intrinsic reward as well. So let's go back to my Bible example. Those who begin find it challenging to build this daily habit. Still, after a while, it becomes something peaceful that they enjoy and the spiritual journey that accompanies this discipline. The key is to focus on the task until it becomes a routine. But I want you to take it further. So focus until it becomes a ritual, something that you do automatically and do not function well without. And when you don't do it, people are going to start taking notice that something is wrong with you that day for example coffee lovers know that something is a little off the rest of the day when they don't have a cup of their favorite morning joe obviously caffeine is a drug and can be addictive still it is the behavior that we are trying to make an impression on that powerful computer between your ears they say it takes 21 days to build a habit But that depends on the habit and the task. Plus, you are the other variable. It's different for each person. But it can range anywhere from three to 200 days according to some studies. The key is consistency. And trying to beat your last streak. Monitoring your results is also gratifying. Which adds to the progression and reward of the behavior you're trying to develop. Don't forget to celebrate and reward yourself for meeting your goals. What you measure gets done. And when we turn tasks, habits, and new behaviors into games, it raises our enthusiasm level. We are competitive by nature. We've been fighting to survive since we were placed on this planet. And many great phone apps help us with this, such as the Stride app, which I've used for almost a decade. There are other apps for nutrition fitness, drinking water, and productivity. Take your mundane tasks, turn them into a game, and maybe even try some risk and reward like risk aversion. In risk aversion or loss aversion, you forfeit something if you don't perform the task, like money, to an organization that you wouldn't possibly donate to. I don't know about you, I'm not that risk averse, but I do like getting paid for good habits. So I do use a couple of apps that pay me for healthy habits, like logging my nutrition goals, monitoring my weight, checking in my exercise, and an app that pays me for not texting while driving. According to the data, I saved 137 lives and prevented 21,068 car accidents, plus I earned $375.31 which seems like the last couple of years, but hey, that's not bad for just doing the right thing for me and others around by not picking up my phone and texting while driving. To stay on target with your goals and objectives, you need to create an emotional pull. Basically, why it makes you the person you want to become. You need to identify what your motives are for hunting this goal. Write down your reasons why you are pursuing the results and the outcomes you desire. For many people, they make a goal to exercise more. And here are some examples. I'm tired of being overweight. I want to feel better and not sluggish. I want to increase my productivity and lead an active lifestyle. But it doesn't have to end there. You need to add reminders of these emotional motivators visually. You could hang them in a place you would regularly see and maybe have multiple touch points during the day. Some apps and reminders send a notification when you leave it or arrive at a specific location. Write them on a note card and put them in your pocket. When you create prompts, you are more likely to stay on target with your goals. You can also allow these reasons to become your identity. Suppose you are trying to develop public speaking or writing skills. In that case, you will more likely begin to put in the hours to hone your craft if you identify as a public speaker or author. And when you do well and receive recognition for your efforts, you will make these behaviors and habits a part of your identity. Social connection is essential to people, even you and I. And we gravitate towards those we find familiar or add value. Besides the emotional motivators and intrinsic rewards, another key to being successful in your goals is to have a support network around you. These are people who can support you in your pursuit of the result that you desire. These folks have been through this before and guide you or have the strengths, resources, or skills to help you along this journey. People are always the solution to the problem. Not the problem. Each person carries a set of knowledge that the other person doesn't have and can add a different perspective and value to their pursuit. Many of them are more than happy to pass on their skills and life lessons to those who seek them out for help. Finding a group of supportive allies is one of the best ways to get help with your goals. For example, suppose I wanted to run a holiday 5K or a half marathon. In that case, I could join a local running group. It would be more likely someone there has the knowledge and experience to help me achieve my goal and stay accountable. Years ago, when I attended Liberty University's graduate program for human services counseling, I researched and observed an Alcoholics Anonymous group meeting. And during my time there, over four sessions, I found that these supportive meetings help people stay the course while overcoming challenges and obstacles that they could potentially cause them to relapse. Communities brew success by sharing knowledge, competing to improve performance, holding each other accountable, offering motivation and encouragement. You can also become a student in the process by finding a mentor in the group. Just like in the movies, such as Karate Kid for Daniel, who had a mentor, Mr. Miyagi, Or Star Wars which Luke had Yoda if you want to learn to play the guitar you will probably hire a music teacher who plays the guitar the same thing applies to the other areas of your life most people wouldn't consider hiring someone to help them with their goal still to close the gap between where you are and where you want to be you should consider it as an option versus going at it alone obviously I've been guilty of this myself at going at it alone. It wasn't until I reached out to groups and even others for professional help that allowed me to advance and grow in those areas where I was stuck, that I was trying to level up. Even a paid group, a coach, a trainer, and other options can be worth the value in pursuing that particular goal or goals. To make this upcoming year better than the last one, You need to take action. This requires individual effort. It's also essential to get support from a group or professional and sometimes both. The key point in this message, in this episode, is that in order to have a great year, you need to take an approach, a holistic look at improving your life. And distributing the efforts equally across all the different aspects in your life. The different segments. The goals that you are going to set for yourself, they have to be specific, measurable, attainable, realistic, and time-bound. Those are smart goals or you could develop other goals like whoop. Well, I know we didn't talk about those two things specifically, but if you're ordered to have the motivation to change, you need to clearly identify these things. And be able to find a strong community around you so that you can become addicted to the task, the habits, and developing those things into rituals so that you can achieve Your best life ever. Now it's up to you to put all this information into action. Please check out the links in the show notes and support us by smashing that like button. Leave a comment or review on whatever platform you might be listening to. Now, go out. And share this story forward. My name is Kirby Ingalls. And I appreciate you listening. Honor your service to others. And love the impact you are creating. I'll see you next time.